WNYC Studios is supported by Dana-Farber Cancer Institute. Their scientists played a substantial role in developing more than half the drugs approved by the FDA in the last five years. At Dana-Farber Cancer Institute, what we do here changes lives everywhere. Find out more at DanaFarber.org slash everywhere. Imagine living on a block with 30 other families and having to make decisions not just by majority rule, but unanimously. And if you don't all agree, you may well end up getting soaked in the next hurricane. That's the prospect facing people in one part of Sheepshead Bay, Brooklyn, that was damaged by Sandy. And WNYC's Matthew Sherman visited for this report. In the far southeastern corner of Brooklyn, just a block from the water, are rows upon rows of small, single-story bungalows. They're hidden away from view, though, because they are actually four or five feet below the surrounding streets. People come walking down, and they're, like, curious of, wow, I didn't even know these courts were here. It's so beautiful. Missy Haggerty lives in one of those houses on Lake Avenue. But Lake Avenue isn't really an avenue. There's no street, nothing for cars to drive on. There is just a walkway down the middle of two rows of cottages. Take out garbage. You have to, you know, bring it up the corner and put it on Emmons Avenue. You can't just put it outside in a sanitation and they're going to come out. In Britain, you might call it a muse. In this part of Brooklyn, they're called courts. So this is what type of community we live in. In Sheepshead Bay, there's like six courts like this. There's Weber Court, Lincoln Terrace, Lake Avenue, Mesero, Stanton. The bungalows, almost 200 of them in all, were built in the 1920s as a summer colony, then converted to year-round use in the 1940s. People tend to stick around like Joe Zito. Born, born and raised there, 52 years. They created the surrounding streets were raised when sewer lines were installed later. The houses are, for the most part, two bedrooms with postage stamp-sized yards. But that just means you're close with your neighbors. How large is our front yard, though? Well, I mean, it's enough to have 40 they, people at a party. They, 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 they vary. They vary. They people like it here, except when it rains hard or there's a nor'easter or a hurricane. Sandy pushed water up from Sheepshead Bay over Emmons Avenue and down into the courts. They filled like bathtubs. It took days for the water to recede. Houses were ruined. Owners are still building back. Right now, how many is still abandoned or not even started work or not even finished? Along some other parts of the region's coast, people are elevating their homes on higher foundations to be ready for the next storm and to avoid higher flood insurance premiums. But that's costly. And in this case, if each person did it his own way, the courts would lose a lot of their community feel. Imagine houses at different heights, lots of steep stairs and a tight space going up to the new doors. That's where Ilana Bullman comes in. We got a couple of requests from Sheepshead Bay of people saying it's really bad down here, no one's been to help. Bullman is an organizer at the Pratt Center for Community Development, a 50-year-old urban planning organization in Clinton Hill, Brooklyn. She volunteered with Occupy Sandy. I mean, it was terrible. You know, at that point, the water had receded and everyone was just kind of in the process of getting everything they owned from their house to their yard and then out to the street. After the initial rush of relief, the courts needed help navigating the rebuilding process. Bullman recruited Deborah Gans, an architect affiliated with Pratt. Gans worked in New Orleans after Katrina and knew something about tight-knit, low-lying bungalow communities. We looked around and started 
to realize as designers and planners different kinds of analysis we could do and different kinds of visioning, they call it. They presented those ideas to residents at meetings. The community really gravitated towards the idea of raising the street. In other words, don't just elevate the houses, but also elevate the walkway that runs down the center of the courts. Turn it into a raised wooden boardwalk, even, so water can run beneath it and drain into soil. But most importantly, do it all in a coordinated way. That means getting all the homeowners on a given block, or almost all of them, sometimes as many as 30 or 35, to opt in. It's one of the most complex ideas the New York City region has seen emerge from the Sandy rebuilding process. They realize they want it to be an integrated solution. They do want to raise their houses, and they also want to raise how they get to them. The solution to the court's dilemma isn't just about design. It's also about community organization. Bullman says that's what makes it the perfect project. The Pratt Center does that sort of thing. I've seen it happen in a really cool way where I've had a lot of community leaders step up and really just try to rally their neighbors to say, this is our future. Like, we need to get together and figure out what we want. But in the courts, some of those community leaders who have been rallying their neighbors to get everyone on board are getting, well, a bit frustrated. Barbara Berardelli, for example... If you want to see this become the same generational neighborhood like it is right now, somebody has to say something. So you have to take a little time out of your life to get involved. And if people are not, then you can't complain. Berardelli and others hope that if her neighbors present a united front, they could qualify for some federal Sandy aid to help pay for the project. But she's having a hard time getting people to come to meetings even. She says... They just don't trust government. This has always been the kind of neighborhood that if it wasn't in my, in my backyard or in my face, they weren't going to worry about it. Because every time the city did do something for them, what they did was worse than being without. We would have rather been left alone. Fifteen months after Sandy, there is little consensus here about a long-term plan. Some of her neighbors want to fight the flood insurance hikes. Others don't have mortgages. They don't have to worry about flood insurance. And others don't think they will get hit again. Do you think that 30 people can agree on something? I pose the question to Joe Zito, (laughs) the guy I met on Lake Avenue. I don't think so. You know what I mean? Who can, who can, who's willing? You know, some people like, for instance, for Al and whatever, he's not here now. By the time they're done, he might not even be here. Will he want it done? You know, who's going to foot the bill? And what is the bill going to be? $10 million? $15? No one knows. That's why the organizers are trying to get a small slice of money from a state program called New York Rising for a feasibility study. Their deadline is the end of March. For WNYC, I'm Matthew Sherman.